0: Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heaven Bound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, you had the opportunity, the honor of preaching this past Sunday. I thought you did a fantastic job encouraging us in just two words to choose jesus yeah we we have
1: been looking at several things that i think are just pertinent to our lives uh We took the text from Mark chapter 4, where Jesus steals the storm. I'm going to read that to you here in just a moment. And, you know, all through life, uh, we we sometimes, I think, have this vision that life is like going down this gentle, smooth creek or river, and just every once in a while, there's just a little bit of white water here and there, (laughs) a little bit of rapids, but mostly it's just – but actually, the reality is most of life is white water, and once in a while, there's a a calm spot. And so – and so you know this passage is such a a powerful passage it shows the power of God and one of the great miracles of God, but it also shows how the Lord calmed the hearts of the disciples. Storms do that for us. They upset us. They get us concerned. So let me read this, and let me point out just a couple things from the text itself, and then then we'll talk about parts of the lesson that that we had this past Sunday on our podcast, or excuse me, on our website, and uh, available for everyone to watch and to see again if you'd like to do that. So Mark chapter 4, verse 35, on that day when evening came, he said to them, let's go over to." to the other side leaving the crowd they took along him along with the in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him and there arose a fierce gale of wind and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing He got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? And they became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, for most of us, we're not going to find ourselves actually in a boat where a storm comes up. That happens once in a while, but not not to most of us. But we have different kinds of storms. We have uh, health storms. You go to the doctor, and you had this little ache, and he us a whole series of tests. The tests do not come back the way you'd like them to come back, and there you're facing the storm. Uh, We have family problems. We have marriage problems. We have financial problems. We have church problems. The storms come in just a lot of varieties. Uh, Oftentimes they come. Unexpectedly, Oftentimes, uh, great men, as we see here in this passage, these were the apostles. They became very scared as we see this. And and so there's some great lessons for us in this. Now, one thing I wanted to, to kind of point out as we kind of talk about this is in verse 37, as uh, the account tells us about the storm, it, it reveals three things. It says, there arose a fierce gale of wind. And in the original language, uh, some of the words there is is where we get the word seismograph or seismos or the idea of an earthquake. This just wasn't a rain. We're out in our boat, now it's raining on us. No, this is a severe storm, and this is something that, that would terrify them. The same passage, verse 37, says the waves were breaking over the boat. You don't have to know anything about boats to know that the water is supposed to be, <laughs> be below the boat. When the water is above the boat, that's a scare. And then the verse ends by saying so much that the boat was already filling up. The water is supposed to be on the outside of the boat, not the inside of the boat. So right there are three things that are just terrifying. And I, as I said in the lesson, I, I believe they, they tried to row but that was to no avail. I assume that they were bailing water out of the boat, but that was to no avail. And then in verse 38, they go to Jesus. They chose Jesus. They woke him up and the Lord stopped the storm
0: and then he calmed their hearts. You know, you draw out in that sermon and I would most certainly, if you haven't watched or listened to it yet, go back, spend some time this week and, and most certainly do that. You walked us through the narrative in Mark's gospel, but then you drew a connection to, okay, like you said, health storms, family storms, financial storms, church storms. In any storm, we also are going to make choices, right? And you drew out three of those common choices. Obviously, not all of them, but three avenues people can take uh, in a scenario like that. Number one, you highlighted that the storm will cause some to drift away from God. Absolutely. And, and because of the
1: storm, uh, they'll lose their faith in God. They they will want to blame God. And, you know, I, here I am. I've, I've been going to worship services. I love God. Why did he allow this storm to happen in my life? But all through the scriptures, you find God's peoples in storms. Uh, you find them in fiery furnaces and in lion's dens and standing before giants. And so it's not the absence of trouble that God keeps us from, and what we sometimes want is God to remove the problem, but God insulates us, and it's through faith we get through these storms, and so that's a choice people make. And. You know, the storms can make us better or they can make us bitter. And sadly, for a lot of people, they become bitter.
0: Yeah. And from that bitterness, number two, you drew out that, okay, storms lead some to make very unwise choices. They do. And, uh, you know, it's because of a storm
1: that somebody will, will turn to alcohol. It's because of a storm. Uh, Somebody would say, well, my marriage is over. It's because of a storm that somebody would just walk away from God and never come back. And so uh, a lot of unwise choices, a lot of anger sometimes come out. A lot of other things come out that just, just, you know, hasn't been
0: thought out. And it's really not what God wants us to do in those things. All right. So in times of storm— I shouldn't walk away from God. I desperately need him, right? That just because there is a storm doesn't mean I'm, I don't have a relationship with me or he has given up on me or doesn't care about me. Storms are not excuses to make unwise decisions. You highlighted the disciples chose Jesus. And I loved how in the last third of the sermon or so, you walked us through four simple reminders when we are in storms. These are the sorts of things that we need to either jot down and keep in a Bible, keep in a drawer, uh, take that interactive outline that if you were here, you you used and, and make sure that you have this available because it's not a matter of if storms come, right? It is simply a matter of when. This is a part of life under the sun, and so I'd love in our last few minutes just to walk through those four. Here we are a few days removed from the sermon. Uh, we're in the middle of this week. Undoubtedly, we're busy. We're we're pulled in a variety of different directions. These are things worth thinking about here in the middle of the week. Number one, when we're in storms, choose fellowship over isolation. Absolutely,
1: and of course, <clears throat> by fellowship, I mean with God's people. And the the common feeling that people have when they're going through a storm is just to go home, shut the door, pull the blinds down, and be isolated. It, it's the same steps that Elijah took uh, when Jezebel was after him. He went and hid in a cave. Alone in the cave, dark thoughts, dark hearts, dark things happen. And and so when, we're, when we choose fellowship, then that's a choice we make. Either I can, I can just be isolated, get away from everybody, or I'm going to push myself and be around God's people, I'm going to be reminded of God's promises and God's graces. I'm going to see goodness. I'm going to have people around me who want to help me and support me and be there for me. And so so this is a choice one has to make. And if they make it, they're going to find that they're going to recover faster. They're going to find out that they alone are not the only ones who've gone through a storm, and they'll find a lot of help when they choose fellowship.
0: All right. Number two, choose prayer over
1: worry. Yeah, that's, that's a really hard one right there because we worry. Uh, when storms come, we, our minds take us to the worst scenario, and, and we think about <clears throat> just the, the floor dropping out of our lives. And so, but, but worry never accomplishes anything. A person never looks back and says, you know, I, I stayed awake all night worrying about this problem and I'm so glad I did. No one ever says that. No one ever says, you know, for the last 20 years I've been worrying about this and, and I have good health because of that. No, worry kills you. Worry takes away your sleep. It takes away your appetite. It, it just, it, there's nothing productive about worry. And so here's this problem. Here's this storm I'm going through. Uh, I know that if I sit there and just worry and worry and worry, and and isolate myself, it's just going to get worse and worse. But if I give it to God, take it to the Lord in prayer, and over and over the Bible has all these strong passages coming from the Lord that reminds us of this. He, he would tell us in uh, Luke chapter 18, to pray and not to lose heart. John chapter 14, again, not to lose heart, but to pray. Peter would say, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. So when we when we take our storms, we take our problems to God, we're inviting the greatest help to help us. Sometimes you and I have no idea what to do. Sometimes the doctors know, don't know what to do. God does. And so choosing prayer not only is gonna
0: help you, but it's going to bring in the greatest help that you have around you. Yeah, you began your sermon on Sunday morning by taking us back to Second Chronicles chapter 20, that great statement, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I love how, okay, there's the powerful principle, and I love how Jesus, in the heart of his Sermon on the Mount, teaches us how to do that, right? Something that we can do even today. We don't have to be in physical battle against a great foreign army. No, if we listen to Jesus, Matthew chapter six, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. How how can I have my eyes on God Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, Roger, to your point, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? How how can we get our eyes on God today? Consider the lilies of the field. All around us, there are trees that are just beginning to get hints of buds of green, little things that are poking up out of the ground. Consider how these things grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these Listen to this promise from the Son of God. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And he says the same thing that he said to those disciples in the boat, right? Oh, you of little faith. Simple reminders when we're in storms. Choose fellowship over isolation. Choose prayer over worthy. Roger, you brought us number three, choose faith over doubt. Absolutely. And that you know, that
1: took us back to our, our text in Mark four, because you know what what I saw in that boat is that they had fear in that boat, and they had worry in that boat, they they had water in that boat, and they had storm in that boat, but what they lacked was faith. And Jesus even said that. How is it that you have no faith? And and it's interesting that you know, they, they try, I expect they tried everything. Finally, they chose Jesus. Faith will remind us what the Bible teaches. You know, sometimes when storms come, all of a sudden we forget everything we've ever learned. Uh, we've, we've sat through zillions of sermons. We've heard uh, many Bible classes. We've read articles. We've read the Bible ourselves multiple times. We have all these promises, all these passages, all these foundations that God will not give us more than we can handle, that God will not forsake us. Powerful, powerful promises, but then when the storm clouds come, we forget all that, and we think, okay, God doesn't love me anymore. God's punishing me, and woe is me, and faith reminds me. That God before the storm, God during the storm, God after the storm. That has not changed. And so I need, I need to remind myself of these. All those passages, I need to remember those. Those will help me. That's faith. And, and again, the more the Bible's in us, the more our faith will be. And so that's why we, we encourage coming to worship. That's why we encourage reading that Bible every day. Why we encourage you coming to Bible classes and really digging deep in the scriptures. Because storms come and what's going to get me is understanding my faith. As Jesus ended the Sermon on the Mount, that great sermon that you just referred to, Jason, he didn't end it by saying, let's stand and sing. That's how (laughs) how we do it today. He ended it by telling a story, a parable. Two men, both built their houses. Both had storms. And that tells us right there that if I follow Jesus, I still will have storms. But one house stood The other house went flat. And the difference was one house was built upon the rock. That rock is Jesus. That rock is our faith. So having faith will not keep storms from coming. They're going to come. But what that will do is keep me from collapsing spiritually. And going, to the, and going
0: up and giving up and having doubt. All right. So the very opposite of collapsing spiritually is hope. And that's the the fourth final reminder here. Choose hope over despair. Yeah.
1: You know, storms always pass. You know, they come, they're intense. Hurricanes can last for days upon end, but they end. And all storms sooner or later end. The hope we have is in God. No storms will be in heaven. No storms will pass over death and follow us into heaven. The troubles we have here someday, somehow will end. Some of us have them for decades. Some of us have lifelong problems, but sooner or later they will end. Eternity never ends. And so, so we have hope. When we have despair, we give up and we think God doesn't hear me. It's never going to get better. Woe is me. And we just, we just, kind of just collapse into our isolation once again, but having hope, having know that God is with me and things will get better sooner or later is a great hope that we need to have in God.
0: You know, it is, even as, as someone who preaches sermons, it is always fascinating to me how Uh, you you let a sermon sit for a couple of days and then come back to your notes or your outline or a podcast like this, and, and you notice something that you didn't notice as these points were being delivered to you. And I'll just tell you, as we're walking through these four things, I only noticed today as we're recording that You had at the very beginning of all four of those points, the word choose. And I love how, okay, you didn't just highlight fellowship over isolation, prayer over worry, faith over doubt, hope over despair. You emphasized that action word, choose these things. I can't make the storm go away, but I can work in the strength that God supplies to make that personal choice today. And, and again, that takes us right back
1: to Mark 4. They could have gone down with a ship and died, which I really don't think would have happened, but <laughs> they chose to wake Jesus up. Yeah. And, and as I ended the sermon, I, I made that plea, we have to do the same thing. Jesus is not asleep literally. He's there. He's on the throne. He, he's helping us. But for a lot of us... We might put Jesus asleep in our hearts. Maybe we try to work through things ourselves. Maybe we thought, you know, I don't need anybody else. I don't, I don't need to share my story. I don't, you know, I'm going to get through this. And we, and we push God out of our lives. And in many ways, God is asleep then. And what we need to do is wake him up. We need him. And we need him today. We need him in our lives. We need him to get through these storms and and that's that's the simple power of this great great little passage here.
0: Choose Jesus. Again, freely available at charlestownroad.org, you would be well served by spending a little bit of time with that sermon this week. Well, Roger, it is Wednesday. We are looking forward to being with our church family, choosing that fellowship over isolation even this evening. You're going to be teaching a segment of our adults in the auditorium. Yeah, we're doing the series called what was started. This
1: gets to our theme with finish what was started, so we have to know what was started. And we're talking about God's church, God's kingdom. And today we're going to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. We're hearing a lot about that today. A lot of ideas about the Spirit moving people and what's the Spirit doing. So we're just going to walk through some passages to remind us and get, get our understanding about what was the role of the Spirit in relationship to
0: God's kingdom. Excellent. In our Building Blocks track of studies, we are looking at Genesis as a book of beginnings, and we'll be diving into that complicated relationship with those two brothers in Esau and Jacob we would love to have you go uh, to either one of those classes there are rich opportunities to grow in your understanding of God's will and of course how to apply that and make a difference in the lives around you Lord willing I have the opportunity this Sunday morning to preach and Rogers you mentioned our theme finish what was started the first quarter of this year in Bible classes in sermons and a variety of ways. We've been really zeroed in on what was started. And this Sunday morning, I'm going to take us back to one of those key words from your sermon this past Sunday morning, fellowship. And I just want to look at fellowship from the very beginning. It it predates humanity, but I want to try and show us how we need that, how it will help us. Fellowship with God and fellowship with each other will help us finish what was started. What about you on Sunday evening? We're going to launch into a a little three-part series from the book of Job. We're
1: going to talk about life lessons from Job. We're going to look at uh, Job's pain. We're going to look at Job's friends and Job's God. So this week, we're going to begin with Job's pain
0: and just kind of walk through some simple lessons about suffering, some things we got to learn there. Roger, thank you so much for serving us so well this past Sunday morning. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We would love to see you tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. We need each other, and this is a great opportunity. We're already looking forward to Sunday. We believe with all of our hearts it is the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us.